There may very well not have been evidence beyond a reasonable doubt of criminal conspiracy with the Russians, but there was, in plain sight, open collusion with the Russians. I, I guarantee you, except for little quibbles, I'm not worried about the report at all. So that was Jerry Nadler who's running the, um, the committee that's going to look at all this stuff and wants to get a hold of the Mueller report, and that was Rudy Giuliani, Trump's lawyer, saying, I'm not worried about it. Oh, boy. I'd hope the Mueller report thing was over. No, it's, it's not. not even close to over. Devlin Barrett is a Washington Post reporter. He focuses on national security and law enforcement and joins us now to discuss the Mueller report, the redactions, etc. Devlin, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Oh, We're all going to die. What? We're what? all going to die someday still discussing this. That's what I think is going to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, it's this or Clinton email. What's your preference? <laughs> now, Jack, are you suggesting that this will kill us? It's going to play a role. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> so, yeah, listen, the the idea of what's redacted and by whom, Devlin, I guess uh, people are, are drawing up uh, sides and already yelling at each other pre- preemptively. Right. It's it's uh, that wonderful uh, time in Washington when people argue about a document they haven't seen and about things that they about, you know, uh, redactions that that haven't been made yet. Um, So, you know, there's there's a complicated legal process that's going on. But because it's taking time and because there's so much suspicion already in the water about this process, you know, you're already seeing people take shots and try to get their licks in before the documents even out there. Well, I watched the interview with Jerry Nadler, the committee chair yesterday, and he more or less stated he doesn't trust the attorney general or believe him. So that's where we are. Right. Yeah, and that's that's part of the challenge of this whole environment in that, you know, so much has been reported on this, so much has been speculated on this. And look, it's obviously a political argument in some ways more so than it is even a legal argument. So people are going to, what you're already seeing is people are already, you know, sort of deciding what they think the report will mean to them and to their view of the world and to their view of the president. You know what I'd like to know? I wonder if behind the scenes Democrats would love a heavily redacted report. I mean, you can, you can scream and yell that you want to get, we want it all out, no redactions. But the more, the more redactions there are, if there are any pages with full paragraphs redacted, then you get to make up all, or, or, or claim all kinds of stuff. Politically, I think that'd be helpful to them. I think I think there's definitely a political calculation for which that could be, you know, a, a, a very manageable situation, for example, for the Democrats, sure. um, because because, look, the, the top line is probably not going to change from all this. Right. That um, no one else is getting charged and no one else is getting accused of a crime. Well, then do we ultimately um, end up with because there will be redactions? Uh, I I think there'll be lots of redactions. The American public probably won't ever see the re- some of the redacted parts. So politically, you know, D's will be able to claim and that's the good stuff. That's the stuff that was going to you know put Trump and, and 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 everybody in jail. And then so so voters will be in the same spot they were before. The voters that either hated Trump or liked Trump. I, yeah, but I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know that that would depend on the redactions at all. You know, I th- I could I could see a scenario where they release in theory, a completely unredacted report. And that's also doesn't move voters much in either direction. Mm, I mean, I, right. I recall not, not to give anyone uh, PTSD, but I recall covering, you know, a 500 page report on the Clinton email investigation. And the thing about 500 page reports is each side can take 100 pages that they like the most and say, well, this is the part of the report that I care about. Mm. And this proves what I already believe. Um, I think on political terms, uh, you know, with 400 pages in the, in the Mueller report, I think there's probably going to be politically plenty of material for both sides to work with. 
Devlin Barrett uh, is a Washington Post reporter, focuses on national security and law enforcement. And uh, Devlin, I heard already this morning, I mean, never mind the politicians making their uh, their broad statements, but they've sent forth their surrogates to make arguments on cable news, which have varying levels of accuracy and the rest of it. So the waters are so clouded. I think we get that result where Americans pretty much end up thinking what they thought before. Right. And I think the question is, is, is what are the chances that this report changes folks' minds, especially when you think about how many people, you know, already have pretty strong opinions about Trump one way or the other. Um, and, you know, to the degree that there is a group in the middle who are willing to genuinely, you know, ponder this and, and read the stories and read the, maybe even read the report to think about it, um, that's probably a small slice of the population. Yeah, I wonder about that, too, because Nadler was talking, the, the committee chair was talking a lot about the uh, the Trump Tower meeting, right? Well, you know, the the public knows that happened, and some people are bothered by it, and some people aren't. Like you said, I, I'm not sure how many people's opinions will be changed with more detail. So, Devlin, are you following at all the, the other side of the coin, uh, how the investigation got started? In the, uh, are you following anything with the, the Russian-born grad student at Cambridge and... The Michael Flynn story and all of that, has that uh, crossed your radar yet? Oh, sure. I mean, that's that's obviously part of the reporting. And there is, you know, one of the other things that's in the works uh, in, in the, inside the great gears of government is there is an internal review still ongoing into how the Russian investigation began and how uh, surveillance authority was used. But we're, I'm told we're, we're months away from that be- becoming, uh, that report being issued. Is Mueller going to talk to anybody at any point? You think he'll be on... Being interviewed by Oprah or somebody, 60 Minutes. Or Capitol Hill or somewhere. <laughs> that, that certainly isn't the way he is wired. However, a lot of uh, lawmakers on the Hill have said they want to subpoena him and they want him to testify to Congress. I can't imagine a universe in which uh, Bob Mueller ducks a subpoena. Um, so I think you could see that. Think that'd be uh, open where we watch it? Oh, yeah. Oh, I man, mean, there, that'll be a big show. That'll be, that'll be as big as the Kavanaugh hearings. That'll be huge <laughs> ratings. It probably would. I mean, look, he's a very um, uh, he's he's a very tight-lipped guy. I don't know that his answers may may necessarily, you know, be that uh, enlightening to a lot of the time. But I, I, he takes his job seriously, and I think he takes his responsibility seriously. So I do expect that will probably happen at some point. Uh, my final question uh, for Devlin Barrett of the Washington Post: Do you understand? Do you fully comprehend that there are 575 days till the election? <laughs> Um, I am going to say not my problem. We're actually keeping Uh, we're actually keeping the number on a whiteboard in here to remind us every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, good luck with that, guys. Uh, I'm just going to stick to the simpler, easier questions of the FBI and the Justice Department. Yeah, there there you go. Keeping it simple. Devlin Barrett of the WAPO. Devlin, it's always a pleasure. Thanks a million. Well done. Great talking to you guys. Thank you. I'm not trying to, like, ho-hum it too much, I don't think, or be too blasé or not a... But I just... Is any is any going to... How many voters in America will be moved any direction when this comes out? Well, it won't be many, if any. Very, very few. Uh, Just as Devlin pointed out, because the top line will surely not change. So if Trump, out of peak, out of anger and annoyance at... The uh, the Russia investigation did some stuff that was uh, obstruction of justice, especially as a guy who's moving from the private corporate world into the world of government where he didn't quite understand, you know, how the levers work. I, I could easily picture that. In fact, I'll be surprised if there isn't stuff like that. But 
to Trump supporters, they'll be like, okay, yeah, so he probably shouldn't have told Comey, drop the Flynn thing because he's a nice guy. But does it feel like a threat to the republic? No, not really. And, you know, folks on the left will see, yeah, they met with that uh, Russian chick because she offered some dirt on Hillary. Is that collusion or conspiracy or, or what is it? I don't know. Nobody knows. It's a... But did he join with the Russian government? Did Don Jr. join with the gov- Russian government in an organized plot to do X, Y, or Z? Probably not. So there's just going to be you know, loads and loads of Eye of the Beholder. Uh, maybe later, if we get up the uh, sand to talk about the presidential election, Barack Obama over the weekend saying Democrats are having a circular firing squad over purity and they need to stop it. Uh-huh. Which he's right. Yes. Yes. I'm enjoying the hell out of it, oh, so yeah. I hope they no. ignore him. No, from the standpoint of uh, him and his party, though, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not going to work. Yeah. More Elizabeth Holmes news. Man, she's in the news practically every day now. Uh, Elizabeth Holmes joins us now. to react. Uh, you're back in the news? Uh, yes, I'm with a single relationship. <laughs> I am back in the news. I am inescapable from the consciousness. Her fiancé, who's a gazillionaire, the fiancé's parents think she brainwashed him somehow. One drop of coverage is enough for me to be in (laughs) all the media. (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm about to get you guys, check this out. Uh, I read that Heinz is coming out with a new condiment that combines ketchup and ranch, and they're calling it Cranch. <laughs> Still better than when they combine horseradish with mustard to create horse turd. And I. Uh, <laughs> wow, what? Horse turd. <laughs> That was childish. I gotta play that for my children. <laughs> my grade schoolers. Uh, oh, oh boy. That'll, that'll bust a gut. That reminds me. Coming up, an infection that will kill us all. Right. Um, but first, this. Uh, so my kids, I mentioned the other day, my son just discovered Google, my third grader. He said, Dad, you know you can look up anything on Google? And I thought, okay, here we go. Hello. This is a new world from here on out. End of an era, beginning of another. Oof. We talked a little bit about that um, and, you know, staying off there and you got to ask permission and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, yesterday, somehow he wanted to play a, uh, he wanted to play a video game and he's got this portal into stuff through the school that's video games that in theory you're learning some math and stuff. Sure. Yeah. I remember those. Um, and uh, so we asked if we could play those, and pretty soon they were laughing, and uh, it became clear that they, he was just surfing. Wait a minute, learning isn't fun. <laughs> yeah, so I, I knew, need to look into I knew this. Something was up, right? Um, <laughs> he, uh, they were. He was just surfing YouTube. Oh boy, looking at YouTube videos. Oh, oh, oh boy. Oh, so I had to talk to him about that. But anyway, that speech and that whole portal portal aside, YouTube. And I talked to him about how you you will you could see things Google and YouTube that you'll never forget the rest of your life and will give you nightmares. Right. You don't want that, and I don't want that. Yeah. I mean, you would you would wish you hadn't seen it. Right. 
But anyway, they came across a fat guy with his shirt off passed out in a canoe. <laughs> and my my seven-year-old was laughing so hard he was purple. Oh, For some oh. reason, they just thought that was so funny. Big fat guy's played out in a canoe with his shirt off. Wow. Oh, they laughed hard at that. Wow. Have you introduced them to to any Proust? <laughs> any uh, Camus? Camus is delightful. The wit of Shakespeare, as opposed to a fat guy passed out in a canoe. Now, my son, the reason this line from Shakespeare is so funny is that it's a reference to the country folk of the time. <laughs> so droll. Don't you agree, boys? Wow. So, yeah, we're all going to... Fat guy in a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're all going to die from this mysterious infection that is spanning the globe. And for some reason, there's some belief from the New York Times that a number of countries are trying to keep it a little quiet, which is troubling. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I read the same piece about this mystery fungus, which is super scary. But I had only moments previous. Candida auris, it's called. Ask for it by name. Um. Uh, Candide. Candida reminds me of Candide, a delightful classic from Camus. Did he write Candide? I can't no, I'm not is, good at that uh, stuff. It'll, it'll come to me. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? The French guy. Yeah. Not them. The other one. So, but so. Uh, Don't just, tell me, Sean. I want to think of it. Just before. I read I want to that. work on my brain here. They had like 20 pages on... In Voltaire. Voltaire. That's right. That's right. The inventor of making electricity go. Voltaire. So you can either read Voltaire or look at a fat guy passed out in a canoe. Right. Huh. They're both uh, funny. Eh, depends on my mood. I know what my search history is going to be. <laughs> you know, I've read Voltaire. And I have guffawed at the Three Stooges. Does that make me complex, or there's different kinds of funny? Is what it makes it. Yeah, uh, indeed. So anyway, but I'm reading about this horrifying fungus that, for some reason, they're keeping kind of uh, secret, and it's just it's pretty scary. It's drug resistant. That's why it's so scary. Well, yeah, I was about to say. I also read this giant long. It's half a book about in Africa, particularly in Kenya. They're Number one, horrific sanitary conditions where kids literally play in human waste. They splash around in it. That's not fun. They go out their front door and they splash around in sewage. God, while we are too particular. And uh, antibiotics are available without prescriptions. And so it's as if they're deliberately trying to breed superbugs, not only using antibiotics when they don't need them, but doing the single worst thing you can possibly do, which is uh, you got a bacterial infection, you take antibiotics for a couple of days till you feel better, then you stop. Oh, wow. And so what you do is you program the bacteria. Here is what you need to learn to resist. Mutate until you can resist this. And so you almost kill it so it can figure out how to resist antibiotics. And then you stop taking it so that new super bacteria that's a little smarter and a little better at adapting can grow and spread and the rest this of it. And they me. do that over and over and over again, thousands and thousands of times with the worst sort of bacteria. In countries the size of India. Right. Um, so this reminds me of the global warming problem. So my doctor is hesitant to give me or my children antibiotics until they're really certain it would work. 
to try to stop this problem when you got m- hundreds of millions of people doing what you just described. Right. It's just like the global warming thing. So right. I'm going to get 50 miles to gallon into the gallon in this little <laughs> pea shooter car. Or we're going to F up, pardon me, the American economy as more or less just a symbol that we're the leader. But that's a drag. While hundreds of millions of people, China and India are increasing their carbon emissions year after year after year and continue to do so. So this guy... Oh, right. yeah, I hear what you mean. This guy died. He um, uh, After 90 days in the hospital, this old guy got it and died. Here's the, here's the scariest part. Oh, not only yeah. did it kill him... Oh, listen to this. He died, but this mysterious fungus did not. Tests showed it was everywhere in his room, so invasive that the hospital needed special cleaning equipment and had to rip out some of the ceiling and floor tiles to eradicate it from the room he died in. So they couldn't scrub, scrape, or poison the stuff out of the floor tiles. That's incredible. Yeah, no kidding. Hospitals and governments around the world are reluctant to disclose outbreaks, and our, a hushed panic is playing out around the world. Yeah. Drug-resistant <clears throat> fungus that will kill you, and you can't get rid of it by any normal means. Yeah, we're not here to freak you out, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but a lot of a lot of smart people have say have been saying this is what's going to do in mankind. Yeah, this sort of thing. Right. Yeah, it's not, we're not going to nuke ourselves. It'll be a super bug. Yikes! What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Phillips? Well, change at the top for Homeland Security. We're going to be hearing from Mayor Pete. He is hot, hot, hot. Yeah. And how much free time do you really have? The answer, I guarantee you, would shock you. Okay. You coming would think up. I would know. Yeah, <laughs> you would. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. Celine Dion just finished up her Vegas run. That's where you just, you know, you play every night, one spot, live there more or less, make a gazillion dollars. Now she's going to do a national tour in case you want to see Celine Dion in your own backyard. But Oh, and I do. How long did she do her Vegas thing? 16 years. Oh, wow. wow. She's been printing money in Vegas for 16 years with a nightly show. That's something. That's where the money is. Yeah, it's got a lot of advantages to it. I've done a lot of things in Vegas I'm not a proud of, but nothing so lowly as to go to a Celine Dion concert, I'll tell you that. Oh, would, teach I wouldn't tell anybody. This is cultural fascism. I would, I would leave oh. Vegas and that, that story would stay behind. This is musical fascism, friends. <laughs> oh, that's right. I've got to get to that. The whole uh, Colin uh, Trump Hitler thing is hot again. Awesome. Oh, not Good awesome. Stuff. Just Good so stuff. dumb. Nazi and, and, and boy, a couple of strange stories that are making the rounds, including, well, the headline's enough. Uh, nothing ever goes as planned. College gymnasts broke both legs attempting a certain landing. Ooh, that ooh. Uh, I think that's, what, two points off? One per leg? Didn't break one leg, broke both legs. Oh, boy. Wow. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen leaving her job at a time when the Trump administration is getting more and more frustrated over the number of southern border crossings. During his visit to the southern border the other day, President Trump voiced that frustration. Failure to stop the number of Central American families continuing to come north and cross the number or the border. 
Their numbers skyrocketing with each passing day. System's full. Can't take any more. Sorry, folks. Can't take any more. Asylum. You know, I look at some of these asylum people. They're gang members. When your system is packed, when you cannot get another person in, when every one of your detention areas is teeming and you have to let people go into a country, they can't take them. Can't take them. The Kirsten Nielsen firing had to be all about what happened behind the scenes in private meetings, I would guess, because, I mean, there's nothing the director can really do. We've, we talked to Border Patrol people the other day, and they are completely out of humans and out of money, and they're understaffed, right. and they're using 40% of the personnel, I think, are now transporting people back mm-hmm. and forth to hospitals and dealing with the, you know, essentially running a gigantic uh, low-budget hotel right. for asylum seekers and the rest of it. So I'm not sure what she could have done, but I, I, I just get the idea they weren't getting along. But I think the, the Congress is the only hope sure. to pass Change serious laws. laws and funding and the rest of it. Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg says he is about as different as it gets from Donald Trump. On NBC's Meet the Press, the South Bend Dem- Democrat said... He wants to win the party's presidential nomination because of what he says is the lack of decency in the White House. What I see right now is a country going through tectonic, profound change and an office that has a loss of vision and a loss of decency. And I'm as surprised as anybody. I mean, if you had asked me two years ago Mm -hmm. what I would be doing in 2019, I don't think uh, I would have said this. But here you have this moment, probably the only moment in American history, where uh, it just might make sense for somebody my age coming from uh, experience in uh, the industrial Midwest, non-federal, different background, uh, bringing something that will actually help Americans envision the world as it'll be in 2054, the year that I will reach the current age of the current president, Mm -hmm. and just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show that's going on in Washington right now. <laughs> the mesmerizing horror show. You know, there, there was a little bit in that that was kind of a uh, horse hockey, but that's a great pitch. Oh, that line of 2054, when I'll be right, the same right. age as the current president, is a great way to talk about how much younger you are. And how, let's look to the future. Let's plan for the future together. We'll see. He he is the best person running for president as in terms of being a politician. He's really good at it. Partially because he doesn't seem like a politician when he's doing it. He's just, he just, he doesn't have any of that. I'm trying to think what the focus group told me to say. I mean, he just doesn't have any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do the bomb chucking either. He was set up several times in the interview to talk about the Mueller report or Trump going after women. And he just sidesteps all those to talk about policy, which is interesting. He's, He's trying to separate himself from the other crowd. But Bernie over the weekend, who went long and hard on, he's a racist, he's a misogynist, and uh, and Buttigieg doesn't do that. We'll see if it works. But now, if you happen to feel like you some have... people are just good at running for president, yeah. and most people aren't, and he is good. Scott at it. Walker, I'm looking at you. <laughs> he is good at it. He's got the 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 George W. Bush. He's got the Barack Obama. Yeah. He's got that sort of thing going. Now, if you happen to feel like you have almost no time to yourself to do things you enjoy, you are certainly not alone. There's a new survey that found the average American has just four hours and 26 minutes of free time each week. And 40% said they get even less free time than that. I don't believe it. People are lying to themselves. I do it. Everybody does it. You're lying to yourself. There's no way that Netflix is as popular as it is and people have four (laughs) hours of free time a week. Think about all the stuff you do, and then just deal with it. Uh, learned this last year sometime when I right. read this. 
Your priorities are not what you say they are. They are what you do. Mm. So at any given time, if you're watching the basketball game, realize, and in this moment, I've prioritized watching this college basketball game over doing my taxes or whatever else is on your to-do list that people are claiming they don't have time to do. Just be honest with yourself. There's no way you actually only have four hours of free time unless you you do unless you got a really unique lifestyle with no goofing around at all. Last night it was the Academy of Country Music Awards. Hosted. Did you watch that? Then you decided you wanted to watch that instead no, of something else. No, as long else. as you asked. What the <laughs> weekly country awards show? So I swear to God, every single week there's a different one of them. This one was hosted by Reba McIntyre. Oh, good. We have Finally. some really unexpected matchups tonight: Kane Brown and Khalid. Dirk Bentley and Brandy Carlisle, me and Cardi B. I'm just kidding, but I do have a song we can do together. There's no you in Oklahoma, and that's okay with me. That's, that's some fine, timely humor there. Oh man! Why don't they just admit they do a monthly, a weekly country music show? Just call it Country Music This Week. Quit with the pretense of giving out awards. It's the same dozen or so acts over and over again, and they're perfectly good. Yeah, let me guess. Carrie Underwood, Carrie Underwood and Chris Stapleton were on there. Let me guess. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I hope Florida Georgia Line finds the time to... Oh, they are going to? Oh, good. It's just a weekly show or monthly or whatever it is. Casey Musgraves, this year's female Quit artist giving of the year. $3.40 hunks of plastic. <laughs> Keith Urban winning Entertainer right. of the Year. All right, whatever. Okay, super. Don and Shay took home Duo of the Year. All right. I don't All right. care. I actually like the music, but I don't like awards. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation. If it makes you happy, listen to it. If it doesn't, turn it off. Mm. There you go. There's the Joe Getty Awards. We have winners and losers. They're up to you. You figure it out. So you teased something really good I was interested in, but I don't remember what it was. Well, it probably wasn't the gymnast who broke both her legs. Oh, I do. There's not I much don't to hear say that. on that. that. Uh, well, it wow. could be. Tell you what, here's... What well, are they attempting to do? How about this headline? 20 years ago, little boy telling the authorities... Daddy hurt her, but nobody believed him until they dug up the backyard 20 years later. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Jack seems to be hot to trot for the poor college gymnast. It's uh, oof. unfortunate. But we've got all sorts of good stuff. More relevant than that. The whole Nazi thing, we probably ought to get to that, yeah, too. I want, that's it. I wanted to hear that. All right. you got to work on your landing if you break both legs. Oof, There's something wrong uh, with your landing technique. Her. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I've heard it three times today on different news outlets, so it's a big story, or whatever, that the average person only has four hours of free time a week. You know, some people certainly, you know, single parent, working two jobs, et cetera, This is the average, though. Right. This is the average exactly. person. Has, yeah. With all the hours watching Netflix, with all the hours spent on Facebook, with all the hours spent on YouTube, 
Name all the different recreational activities that we know how many hours are spent on. And I'm supposed to believe people only have four hours of free time a week. Right. Just, right. I just don't believe it. You're lying to yourself. Me with building enormous and, and, and mind-bogglingly beautiful works of art, one grain of sand at a time. That's my preferred art form, the ancient art of the monks of Tibet. How can we... And then as soon as I'm done with them, you know what I do, Jack? I just swish them up hmm. and get rid of them. Sunrise, sunset? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's like our lives. If you, They have apps now. It's an incredibly keep... depressing thought. Those monks really ought to lighten up. Huh? They have apps now to keep track of how many hours a day you spend on your phone. <laughs> you just got to be honest with yourself. Like, I, I do, everybody does. If you stare at your phone for three hours a day and then at the end of the week say, I have no free time. Come on. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> at Auburn University senior Samantha Sirio, I think is how you pronounce it, 22-year-old gymnast. Gymnasts are uh, among our most awesome and unbelievable athletes, certainly. Um, but she's she's was doing the floor exercise and tried a, a blind landing. I guess you flip over in a certain way and uh, dislocated both knees and broke oh. her legs. Oh, oh! Um, uh, what some have called quote the worst sports related injury they've ever seen. Wow, that's something. What is it? Is there anyone among us who likes when a basketball player like goes up for a rebound and comes down and breaks their ankle? Them showing it over and over again. I hate that. Why do they show it over I, and over? I again? don't know. Somebody I don't, wants it. I look away. I don't want. Yeah, I don't. I, God, I hate that. I don't know. Is it? Do you have compassion? Is it like a genetic thing? No. Is it being left-handed no. or what? No. I don't know. No. Some people want to see that, and some don't. I absolutely don't. Uh, poor kid, though. That's that's too bad. Uh, anyway. Uh, let's see, moving along, there it is. Um, so over the weekend, the president made a couple of speeches and, uh, and, and, and in which he told the Jewish organization, we're full, there's no more room. We played that clip for you. We can play it again, but that's what he said. Why wouldn't we bother? And a number of people uh, are relating that to Hitler's desire for Lebensraum, living room, not like the room in your house where you hang out, but um, room to live, elbow room for the German what? people. We need to expand because we are the superior race. Trump's not talking about expanding. Yeah, I know, I know, but people are relating it to that. But more more uh, hot and, and, and popular was this. There was a, a speech he made in which he was talking about MS-13 gang members and said, they're not humans, they're animals. Um, well, the, the move on the left... Uh, Beto O'Rourke, MSNBC's Chris Hayes, all sorts of different people on the Twitter, among other things, zapped that around and said he was talking about all refugees. They're not humans, they're animals. And so there was a 48-hour craze or so of uh, of saying, as Beto O'Rourke did, when the President of the United States has called Mexican immigrants rapists and criminals, well, no, he was calling the rapists and criminals rapists and criminals, he then went on to call asylum seekers animals in an infestation. Again, he was talking about MS-13 people, and those who edited the video and put it out know that. Now, we would not be surprised if in the Third Reich or other human beings were described as an infestation or as a cockroach or a pest. But to do that in 2017 or 18 in the United States of America, that doesn't make sense. Chris Hayes, uh, the, the tweet Thursday, O'Rourke was 100% correct. It's Nazi language. He's 100% correct. Former HUD Secretary Julian Castro, who's running for president, said what the president is trying to do is dehumanize, to otherize these immigrants, and that's very similar. 
whether it's what Congressman O'Rourke was talking about or other regimes that try to dehumanize people. Uh, let's see. Uh, Democrats and other media figures cited the tweet and video when comparing Trump to Nazis and fascists. Fascists. Hitler couldn't have said it better, said Representative Jared Huffman. Hitler of couldn't California. have said it better. Well, that's a that's, that's right. a statement. I'm that's not right. a fan of Hitler. Nazi garbage. Filmmaker Judge Apatow commented Friday. Um, this is how fascists talk," said. Uh, Center for American Progress and former staffer of Obama near attend and said, he's a fascist, tweeted Shane Bauer, senior writer at Mother Jones. Uh, da, da, da. Now, this is interesting and ironic to me. This is the language used by Nazis against Jews, said James Martin. Um, who? What does he do? Oh, a Jesuit priest, editor at America magazine. Hutus against Tutsis. American slave owners against slaves. Once you've labeled people as animals, violence, murder, and genocide will follow. I find that ironic because, and we don't have time to get into this, but there is a lot of uh, a lot of action on the left in America dehumanizing uh, white people, white men in particular, making bigotry against a particular group okay. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but. It's interesting how everybody's labeling each other fascists, even while they're uh, occasionally dabbling in that sort of language themselves. But So there you have it. Uh, edited video makes it sound like the president's talking about all refugees, and we get the whole Hitler thing hot and heavy again for, I don't know, 48 hours. I don't think that's winning any votes. I don't think that's good for anybody. I don't think labeling Obama as some sort of Al-Qaeda plant did anybody any good on any level. Right. Maybe people make campaign contributions, but I'm telling you, demonizing each other, that's bad juju. You don't want to do it. So do you know Andrew Yang, who's running for president? Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I'm interested in him is uh, a couple of the things that he is uh, he's talking about in particular. Well, we have to solve the problems that got Donald Trump elected in 2016. And to me, the main driver of his victory was that we automated away 4 million manufacturing jobs in Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, the swing states he needed to win. We're in the third inning of the greatest economic and technological transformation in the history of the country. And we need to evolve to the next form of our economy in order for Americans to have a path forward. And when an actual issue, I'm glad he's yeah. in the race to discuss it, the greatest technological change revolution in 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 work and 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 how many employees you need in the history of the world we're in the middle of we think i can't vote for him though because he introduced a, a baseball metaphor but then he never paid it off we're in the third inning we need to bring in a relief pitcher he just he left it that's weak and uh some people believe that's true some people believe it's not that ai won't be all that or it will and you'll have gazillions and gazillions of people you just don't need them anymore how are you going to support them? It's an interesting question. It should be part of our discussion. But anyway, I'm looking at the USA Today. Burgers by robot on a roll. California, the state, is spearheading the test of AI fast food. Um, the Putting of, hundreds of thousands, millions out of work. Yeah. Probably. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. unskilled labor is getting too expensive. At some point, even without the driving up minimum wage, it would it was going to be economically better to get a robot. But certainly, yeah. raising the minimum wage hurried that along. Mm-hmm. 
to where you finally think, you know what? Okay, it's gonna it's gonna be a big investment, but I'm gonna get some robots to build the burgers, right? And they never take a day off, and they never get sick. Well, you moved up the point where supply and demand moved, uh, or met sure. rather, oh, on no the doubt. chart by quite a bit. Um, I haven't been to a restaurant yet where the burgers make are made by robots, but I can see how, as it says here, it makes the perfect hamburger every time. It makes it exactly the same every time. Mm-hmm. So you figure out how much you know, mayonnaise, mustard, how many pickles, whatever you want, and it gets you get it exactly the same every single time. Can they get that going for pizza toppings? I'm sure they will. <laughs> yeah, you get a sausage pizza, and it's got like a bunch of sausage on two pieces and none on the rest of it, and... You know, I'm a libertarian, but I'd love to see government guidelines on, you know, if I say a sausage pizza, how much sausage can I expect on that pizza? Some places it's loaded, fabulous. Some places it's like, what, I didn't order gold on the pizza. It's sausage. It's ground up pig. You can spare me more than that, you cheapskates. <laughs> you want some sausage? I vote for it. Yeah, that's my point, Mr. President. I vote with my feet, though. We don't need the government involved. It's going to happen at some point where so many mm. different things are automated. We we really society has to restructure. You you just have Jack. More that's people. what was said every single technological breakthrough in the history of mankind. Yeah, the sky is falling. Chicken Little, my co-host this morning, will be fine. It will actually create more jobs. But boy, boy, the cotton gin wasn't going to affect every single different sector the way AI can. From lawyers to truck drivers to burger makers to just everything. But I'm not going to worry about it until they can get autocorrect better. As long as autocorrect guesses as stupidly as it does at the things that I say into my phone, right? I, I'm, I'm not worried about it. Until that gets better, I think we're a long way off. That's when we know we're at the turning point. That actually can figure out what I meant and not... Like, uh, you know, all right, so I misspelled an incredibly common word, and you're giving me a weird medical term? How'd that happen? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, A lot more on the way. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.